0: Nahum chapter 2, the scatterer has come up against you. Man the ramparts, watch the road, dress for battle, collect all your strength. For the Lord is restoring the majesty of Jacob as the majesty of Israel. For plunderers have plundered them and ruined their branches. The shield of his mighty men is red. His soldiers are clothed in scarlet. The chariots come with flashing metal. On the day he musters them. The cypress spears are brandished. The chariots race madly through the streets. They rush to and fro through the squares. They gleam like torches. They dart like lightning." He remembers his officers. They stumble as they go. They hasten to the wall. The siege tower is set up. The river gates are opened. The palace melts away. Its mistress is stripped. She is carried off, her slave girls lamenting, moaning like doves and beating their breasts. Nineveh is like a pool whose waters run away. Halt, halt, they cry, but none turns back. Plunder the silver, plunder the gold. There is no end of the treasure or of the wealth of all the precious things desolate desolation and ruin hearts melt and knees tremble anguish is in all her loins all faces grow pale where is the lion's den the feeding place of the young lions where the lion and lioness went where his cubs were with none to disturb the lion tore enough for his cubs and strangled prey for his lioness as he filled his caves with prey and his dens with torn flesh behold I am against you, declares the Lord of hosts, and I will burn your chariots in smoke, and the sword shall devour your young lions. I will cut off your prey from the earth, and the voice of your messenger shall no longer be heard. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God. Okay, so I'm here with Courtney Rysick, and we are moving along in the book of Nahum and on to chapter two, and this is where we get some of the details about the destruction that is to come. Um. And what
0: are your thoughts here, Courtney? Well, this chapter is really sobering, mm-hmm. and I think, I think if you read this and don't have like set, sort of a like gut punch, then, uh, you know, or or maybe <laughs> check like your a little, spiritual temperature, <laughs> right, 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 or like a little yeah. bit of discomfort that, yeah, I mean, this is like talking about women being stripped and carried off and slave girls lamenting and and you've got um everyone I mean everything is just being destroyed and torn and you've got lions um uh, tearing uh like tearing people and I mean everything just feels like mm-hmm. the whole every you get this image of everything being torn apart right and so I think the the initial response is... Um, this is horrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I mean, and then our human response to it is this can't be right. And then you have being reminded in Nahum One that the Lord is good, being reminded mm-hmm. in Nahum One that He deals with his enemies, and then being reminded in, in even in Nahum One also that these are these are people who are idolaters. Like this is the due penalty for their rejection of the Lord. And that it, it makes me think of so many other passages in Scripture that talk about judgment. You think of um, with Noah and the ark. Mm-hmm. You think of um, in Joshua where uh, Israel comes into the promised land and destroys all the people who inhabit the land. And our human response is, that's not right. Mm-hmm. But when we think of God as holy and he's just, Um, The reason why we respond in these ways is because we don't have a high view of God and we have um, a low view of sin. And the reality is that sin is, this is what our sins deserve. Mm -hmm. This, everything here is what our sins deserve. And because our human response of kind of like revulsion against it, um, is because we don't see how serious sin is. What they did, what the Assyrians, just rejecting God alone was enough to to incur this judgment. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they also rejected God. And as a result, Romans 1, you rejected God. As a result, God gave you over to your debased passions. And what Mm. they played out in the Assyrian life of what they did to people and how they lived uh, was because they rejected God as their king. And they... So I think that's the initial response of um, this is how serious sin is. Yeah, and this is and what our sins deserve.
1: Right. That's so good. And I, it's such a good um, reminder to sit with passages that are difficult mm-hmm. and um, to read the entire word of God and to really let the spirit um, teach you in this. Mm-hmm. Again, like you said, how holy God is and how. We have Mm -hmm. such a low view of sin and a high view of ourselves that we think if this seems um, harsh or just not good, if I'm thinking there's something not good in God to be reminded that that's because Mm -hmm. of the rebellion in my heart. Mm -hmm. It's not that there is any shadow of turning with God or any Mm -hmm. hint of darkness in him. We know that he's only light, that he's only goodness that, um, you know, he is completely holy, this beautiful moral purity that is so far set apart from who we are. It's very humbling. And mm-hmm. that is actually so good for us. Mm-hmm. Um, Even those of us who, you know, we believe we put our faith in Christ. We're walking this Christian walk, but we need to be humbled. We need to be reminded mm-hmm. of what our sin really means.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think also being reminded in chapter one again of how he's slow to anger. He mm-hmm. didn't—he's not rash in how he deals with sin. I mean, when we deal with sin, I think of like my—I'm a, I'm a parent. And so when I deal with my kids' sin, usually it's because I'm mad. And mm-hmm. I'm mad, and I just blow up, and I give harsh consequences, and I just—whatever. Mm-hmm. And beca- because I think in terms—I th- I think of God as being like me— I think he's just unrestrained Mm -hmm. anger against the Assyrians, and but the the scriptures bear out that he is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and he gives people a long time to repent and to follow him until one day he doesn't, and that is not how I parent, and I I have to remember that God doesn't parent like I parent, you know, and that's right. So he's he parents in a way. That he just finally says no more. Like I'm not gonna let you continue to take glory away from me and to continue to ruin my creation and continue to to hurt yourself and others. And so, what he deals with the with sin um, with a restrained wrath right. um, that is completely under control at all I, times.
1: Yeah, no, that's so good. It's restrained, and then like you said, until it's no more, and you mm-hmm. just again if i don't dwell in this kind of really meditate on this kind of judgment and what um what i deserve but also god's restraint then i take Mm -hmm. away from the beauty of the cross because you think Mm -hmm. at that moment in history his wrath was completely unrestrained but he Mm -hmm. poured it out Mm -hmm. on his very own son Mm
0: -hmm.
1: (laughs) i think i'm like how can you not like respond i mean it's so mm-hmm. humbling and over, but also just covered with the wave of the love of what mm-hmm. it actually cost. I mean, looking at what happened to the Assyrian Sea helps us get a hint of mm-hmm. what it cost Jesus on the cross. Mm-hmm. And I just think it, the even this phrase that it starts out with, the, um, that the scatterer has come against you, and then how the passage ends, behold, I am against you to Mm -hmm. really sit and think what would that what is that like to have the Mm -hmm. god the living god of the universe be against you Mm. and that's exactly what christ experienced Mm -hmm. on the cross
0: Mm -hmm. yes exactly
1: okay well um learning a lot here in the book of nahum Mm -hmm. and again looking forward to finishing it up tomorrow but for courtney reisig i'm jennifer mcclesh